It's your boy Peach. Uh, I've got an important update. I'm about to push this button. I'll let you know how things turn out. This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. So I came to the end of the road with um, the job I've had for the last little while and I'm at this nice in-between phase career-wise where I'm trying to take a couple months to just have a deep breath and decide between a couple of possible things. And in that time, I'm coaching some touch footy. In that time, I'm coaching some cricket. In that time, I took an hour and a half out of my week on Friday to watch a horror film. What? I've seen one, Shag. I appreciate that surprise sound. Uh, you were aware at the time and are aware now, but I like it for the theatre of the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I watched Get Out. Uh, and if you're interested in my sort of immediate take, um, you might have heard it on uh, last week's app or you might hear it on this week's app. There's some of the audio comments. I also chucked it in the highlights on the Spooko Instagram so you can head there and have a look. Shag, I watched it and I haven't had nightmares about it. Uh, I've been able to... Walk around at nighttime without freaking myself out. Uh, my psyche would appear to be intact. Um, the things I was worried about in relation to watching a horror film have not yet come to pass. And I think what I've done is watched a pretty good entry-level, introductory-type horror film. So I'm very down to pat myself on the back and to accept pats on the back. Um, but I think it's only right and fair to say why I think it's slightly more entry-level um, than most horror films, and it may even not be a horror film. If it is a horror film, it's because there's like net injustice um, when we've got just the number of um, black bodies who are enslaved um, and who are lost uh, both outside the bounds of the film and in the film's universe and within the bounds of the film, including at the very end when we lose our um, when, when, when we lose our characters who've been enslaved by sort of members of the family who are then shot um, and die essentially by suicide and then die in a fight with Chris. Um, but what I'm sort of struck by is like, hey, I watched a horror film and like here I am on the other side of it. I loved it. I had a great time. A couple of reflections emerged from it. One is Get Out a great film or is horror a great genre? Uh, and I think probably the former just at the moment. I was like, did I love this because all horror is great? And I suspect the answer to that is no, but some horror is, and that's fine. And then through it all, I had the nice simmering level of tension, simmering level of anxiety. And the closest experience I had to that is like consequential sporting events where I'm a fan of the parties involved. That feeling of I'm watching something consequential, but the consequences will be visited upon people other than me. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. 
I might watch another horror film one day. Like, I might fuck around and do it again. I well, had a good time. I was really excited by this. So I wanted to bring you something that mm. was, like, a little bit more expert level. Yep. You know, I wanted to make sure that we didn't follow up you watching Get Out with something that was easy, that, that would lull you into this false sense of security that, you know, all horror has a really, like, pertinent meaning, has a really important yep. thing to say, is really well shot, has great <laughs> acting. Because that's just not true. Of I'd watch Pope's Exorcist home. right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> well, look, speaking of films we've covered recently, mm. Knock at the Cabin, which we described as Would You Rather the Movie. Yes. Someone messaged us and was like, hey, did you know there's actually a movie based on Would You Rather called what? Would You Rather? And the more I looked into it, everyone's like, oh, this is just properly depressing torture porn. Like, there's no real... Oh. There's there's no real upside to this film. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, Peach, I need to follow up your newfound bravery with something that's, like, really feel-bad club and not maybe not even in the, like, maybe in the way where it's, like, sometimes you just need to watch a really depressing, you know, a miss sort of level feel-bad club sort of film. This film has a has an ending that will you'll find as equally annoying as the ending in The Mist. Uh... It's like, would you rather take a eat glass or have a nail through your eyeball or some? Oh my uh... god, Peach! It's basically that. Oh, All right, <laughs> that's basically it. Okay, so today, Peach, we are doing the 2012 indie horror cult gem. I guess uh, enough people know mm. about this, and enough people have written about this for I think this to be a bit of a cult gem called "Would You Rather." I wouldn't. Oh whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Iris. Shepard Lambert. Dr. Barton's told me much about you. Your brother, he's quite sick. You can help him. I'm hosting a dinner party tomorrow night, and I'd like you to join me. A dinner party that goes wrong. Shall I get to play? There'll be other guests there. People who just haven't received a fair shake in life. The evening will culminate with a game. A contest. Each player will be given a choice between A or B. What the hell is this? Decision-making in its rawest form. Would you rather electrocute yourself? Oh, no, I see where this is going. Or... I don't think I can do this either. 15 seconds. Go. No. No, I can't do that. You must make the no. decision. It's the game. What the fuck is the matter with you people? Would you rather... You think? Fuck! Light the fuse! Looks pretty dumb. Looks pretty cheap to make, but... Cheap horror films in the 70s and 80s had a really distinct look that I think's aged quite well because they were still shot on film. Yes. Cheap horror films now, they all kind of have this look where it feels like you're watching, like, the rushes or the rehearsal that was filmed on someone's phone. Oh, you're just kind of like, oh, is this? Is this <laughs> is how this the whole the film's going to look? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't understand film craft. I don't know whether it's the quality of the cameras whether it's the quality of the cinematographer, 
the the quality of like the you know the film grading i don't i don't know but they it looks terrible one set that's got to be cheap as well this film is basically set around a dinner table like there's other scenes but mainly it's around this dinner table and it's the dinner table of this like super wealthy philanthropist and you're like that wouldn't be the dinner table they would have in their house they'd have a much nicer dinner table anyway look it doesn't matter all right so this film uh sounds awesome firstly (laughs) and looks awesome (laughs) i think one of the reasons that this film has been talked about and people know about it is Mm. it has a really effective poster essentially the poster is just an eyeball and someone holding like a a straight razor right up to the eyeball oh good poster makes me feel bad yeah like total feel bad club poster yep and that that becomes important later on in the film but anyway let's keep going so iris is a young woman who is desperate. Iris, good name for an eye torture right, film character. Right. Yes, I'm with you. Iris is a young woman who is desperately trying to find a way to afford her brother Rayleigh's leukemia treatment. Their oncologist. Fuck, capitalism is the bad guy. Yes. This, okay. is a, this is a real, like, fuck rich people movie. Yes, I'm down. And, you know, I was reading, I was watching, like, a, 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 like a mini doco on this film on YouTube. And this film came, uh, like, was in the same era as Occupy Wall Street. Occupy, yeah. That was very much on people's minds. But it hadn't progressed to Eat the Rich, which is very much 2023. Like, it hadn't got there yet. But anyway, their oncologist, Dr. Barden, introduces Iris to Shepard Lambrick, a wealthy philanthropist who offers her a deal. If she wins a game at a dinner party that he's hosting that night, he will pay for Rayleigh's treatment and use his foundation's influence to find a bone marrow donor. And she's like, is this legit? And her oncologist, Dr. Barton's like, it is. Actually, I won a game at one of his dinner parties before, and that's why I'm a doctor now and not, like, in jail or something. I can't remember. He was basically, it's basically like, this allowed me to become an oncologist. This is not great script writing, but no, yes, okay. No. Anyway, as they leave, there's, like, a scene between the doctor and... The evil rich man. What's his name again? What's his name? It's Shepard Lambrick. Shepard Shepard Lambrick. Lambrick. So there's a scene between the oncologist and Shepard Lambrick where the oncologist is like, I don't feel good about, you know, telling her to go to your house. And he basically takes a big envelope full of money out of his jacket and throws it on the table. How do you feel now? (laughs) And he's like, just eat your money, piggy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm just throwing back to the weird pig obsession from last week's episode. But that would be a great line. That would be a great line. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Get that down your snout. Yeah, Yeah, nice. And at the dinner party, Iris meets the other contestants. Julian, Shepard's son, who's like... Uh, like a really, he's basically Draco Malfoy. No, he's not. He's Draco Malfoy mixed with Joffrey, the evil child king from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say mixed with Neville, like a bit pathetic in there as well. No, no, okay. no he's just evil and he's got like bleach blonde hair. Uh, there's Lucas. Oh, no. So there's, yeah, so there's Lucas. There's Travis, a war veteran. There's Linda, a paralyzed elderly woman. There's Peter, a gambling addict. There's Amy Conway, an alcoholic debtor. And there's Cal as well. So these are all the people at the party. What is the name for this genre of like assembling mismatched people in an artificial situation? Like we did exam. I think yeah. I did exam for you in your absence. I think they call it death game. Yeah, I think they call it death, death game. Death game, death yeah. game. All right. 
weird genre. Like, yeah, anyway, so similar to traps of like people like, we love death games. Like, okay. <laughs> so good on you. So during the dinner, to prep them all for what's to come, Shepard tries to test their principles by offering money for compromising choices. First, Iris reluctantly accepts $10,000 to eat meat, even though she's vegetarian. And afterwards, mm-hmm. Shepard's like, oh, all of those years of dedication thrown away for a measly $10,000. <laughs> and then when he finds out that Conway is a recovering alcoholic, gives him 50 grand to drink a decanter of scotch. A decanter? Yeah, so like a lot of scotch. That's like 700. He'd just fall asleep, he'd just vomit everywhere and go straight to sleep. He'd be gone for the night. So once dinner is over, Shepard reveals that the game is a deadly version of Would You Rather. The contestants uh, must make difficult choices, and the last person standing will win. Win what? Well, well no, the, the, they've all been offered money. Oh, okay. They've all been told, like, I'll pay for whatever it is you need. Conway, remember, who drank all that scotch, is like, fuck this, I'm out of here, tries to leave, but is shot dead by Shepard, demonstrating the seriousness of the game. This, like, I think, okay, so... <laughs> This is probably a criticism of most death game, most of the death game genre now that I'm into my second minute of knowing it exists. But just the degree of artifice to get here of like, do we have any sense of what like sadistic, what he likes to prove of like, hey, hey, people's values are only. He's like an evil rich guy who's like, everyone can be bought. And that's what I'm proving. Yeah, but didn't, didn't we, hasn't that been, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay, fine. All right. So the first round involves an electric so, shock. So his point is money can buy things. Yeah. Money can alter people's behavior. Yeah, okay. No. The first round involves an electric shock machine in which they have to choose to either give themselves 15 seconds of shock. military-grade electric shocks or give mm. it to someone else. And so they, they all sort of take turns either giving it to themselves or giving it to someone else, but no one dies yet. But tensions rise, particularly between Travis and Julian, as the second round begins. Now, in the second round, each player must stab the person next to them with an ice pick or whip Travis with a, uh, a siambok. So it's a heavy leather whip made from a hippopotamus or rhinoceros hide. Yeah, okay. So it's like they either stab the person next to them or one person will get repeatedly whipped. I think I'd do the whip, like, by me. But, well, by you, but as more and more people do it, obviously he becomes, like... It becomes more fatal. Oh, so sorry. So, so what is assumed is that every person is magically competent at using a whip for torture. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know what to do, and they would be re- they would be off. It'd probably fall out of my hand. Yeah, exactly. I'd probably whip myself somehow. Or even if you got enough power into it, your like recoil. You know, the sort of the recoil moment would be so difficult to calibrate. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. but anyway, so. Iris and Lucas choose to whip Travis out of fear while Peter stabs Linda, resulting in her death by accidentally hitting an artery in her leg. Oh, femoral artery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy... That's actually true, Al said, and probably Adele's told you as well. Amy stabs Iris, but she survives thanks to Lucas's intervention. Cal then whips Travis until he's incapacitated and removed from the game. And one of them, I think one of the, like, assistants, one of the butlery people that Shepard has is, like, he's hours or days from death. So we know he's about to die too. Amidst the chaos, 
Lucas creates a distraction and everyone except Amy attempts to escape. Cal is shot and killed during the escape attempt. Julian, the evil son, corners Iris as she's escaping and tries to like sexually assault her because oh, God. Or he's like, yeah, no one will ever believe you sort of thing. Like what? it's, it, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but is stabbed by her. Dr. Barden, remember the oncologist? Oh, the oncologist is back. Well, he's been, he's been stewing over this. So apparently it's been cutting to him drinking scotch and not feeling great about his decision. Ah. Shows up, tries to save her, but is killed by Bevins, who's the main butler and henchman, Shepard's butler, who's basically like, Iris, I'm really sorry, but the game's not over. Yeah. I like the oncologist being redeemed. Like, I, I feel like that'd be quite gripping as well. Like, cut, cut, cut to him being like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I've sent this woman off to her death," kind of thing. I think that's good plotting. You can't do that in a play. I guess that's the <laughs> highest praise I, 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 I could give. So Iris is brought back to the game, and Shepard apologizes for his son's behavior. He's like, "My son was traumatized after his mother died." Anyway, anyway, okay. So the third round presents a choice between being submerged underwater for two minutes or picking a task from a card. What oh, are you doing, Pete? that's really hard. What are oh, you going to do? fuck. Two minutes is so long. Like, what's the longest you've held your breath, like, underwater when you were in pretty good nick as a teenager? Like, like 35 seconds. Like 40, 45. Yeah. yeah. Like, even when you're doing, like, surf life-saving training and stuff, like, like 30 seconds is really long. Two minutes is fucking infinity. But, of course, like, apparently Tom Cruise got to, like, three and a half minutes or something <laughs> during his free diving training. <laughs> oh, well, do I get any sense of what, okay, like, no. this, is, this is the good bit of the movie, so I've, I've got no idea what the task is. Yeah. Yeah, like, eat a bowl full of glass or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, pff, probably do task, Jake. Okay, well, Peter chooses card and his card leads to his death from a so so his card has like a firecracker on it so he yep. gets a stick of dynamite in his hand and then yep. masking taped around so he can't drop it and then it's yep. lit it blows off his hand the the remnants of his hand splatter on everyone at the table and everyone's like picking bits of thumb and stuff out of their hair yeah he doesn't die from that but it causes him to have a heart attack and then he dies Yes, it's not a task, really, I suppose you'd say. Luke, oh, he had to do the taping and he had to light the fuse, did he? Lucas's task shows his eye, and he's then oh. asked to slit his own eyeball open. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it, and, like, <laughs> fights against it. But eventually they hold him down with a gun to his back, and they're like, you have to do this. And so he does, and it's grace. But this is, like, I just, I mean, I think my problem with this <laughs> movie is, like, there are just so many degrees of, like, like suspension, like the degrees of disbelief suspension has to go into like triple, quadruple derivative into like even what, what is the killer or torturer gaining? Is he like, uh, I told you that Look, people no. prefer to drown than to cut their own eyeballs. Can I say like, Shepard is bloody loving this game. Shepard oh, is okay, like great. laughing and he's like, this is classic. Like Shepard is treating this like sport. It's like rich people see, you know, like, one of the very generous interpretations of this film is yes. that it's like a metaphor for the anti-union movement in which businesses make employees fight against each other rather yes. than collectively well coming together to, you know, fight for their rights. Yeah, this is like the right mobilising yeah. 
like, like the working class against like the quote, quote, doll bludgers and yeah. quote, quote, immigrants, like when in fact what we ought to be doing is banding together and eating the rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Iris is like, fuck it, I'll do the barrel, and she survives. And even Shepard's like, wow, that was designed to kill people. So well done. You did really well. And, yeah, and so he's happy. At, so sorry. So sorry. He's pleased. No, he's he's kind of like like part like I think part of him's pissed off, but part of him's like you did well. Like it's okay. So he was bested by quality yeah, opponent. He's he like, well, like no, okay, fair play. Well done, yeah, well okay. done. And finally, Amy, who's been like really reserved the whole time, we find out now that her husband drowned her daughter. Basically, Shepard sadistically reveals this. And then she picks a card and she picks a card that shows the barrel where they're being sort of like held underwater. And he's like, oh, well, the thing about that card is that means you have to hold your breath for four minutes. And so she dies. Yeah. In the final round, only two remain. Is that like the stakes are really weird in this film? <laughs> I'm like, not through four minutes. Like... Also, no one's really played Would You Rather yet. Well, exactly. It's like, <laughs> especially when one of them's a mystery. It's like, well, you get, like you're not even asking my preference. It's like, yeah, it's like, would you rather have like a butt for a mouth or, yeah, or a mystery who knows? One? or something else? <laughs> all right, all right. That's actually Maddie Mike's making my side turn. All right, okay, okay, all right. In the final round, only Iris and one of the other dudes, Lucas, remain. Lucas is the one who cut open his eyeball, I think. Let me just double check. Yes, he's so Lucas with his cut open eyeball, who's dealing pretty well considering he just cut open his eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Iris got stabbed earlier. It's in it's in this. Iris was stabbed earlier and she's like, Oh, this stab wound. (laughs) It's pretty rough. More Luther. I feel like this podcast and Luther keeps crossing it. <laughs> you know, whenever Luther gets shot, he's like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> 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 okay. So in the final round, only Iris and Lucas remain. Iris is given the choice to kill Lucas and win the game or spare him, resulting in no reward for either of them. And so Lucas starts by being like, look, I know where you're coming from. I've actually got three sisters, and he's, he's like, before he can finish, she just picks up the gun and shoots him dead. <laughs> that is cool, actually. That's actually really good plotting. Yeah, Shepard nice. declares her the champion, providing her with a bag of money to cover Rayleigh's treatment, and he even reveals that they found a bone marrow donor for his cancer in Romania. Before she's allowed to leave, he's like, oh, like, I actually think the, the most fucked up part of this is before she's allowed to leave, he's like, aren't you forgetting something? Like, shouldn't you be saying thank you? And like forces her to say thank you to him before she can leave. That's really weird, actually. You don't like, shouldn't he be saying congratulations? You know, like, what are we? Actually, that's a really good point because you don't thank the Olympic officials, yeah, you know, like, thank yeah, exactly you so much right. for this yeah, medal. Thanks so much for putting on the Olympics. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's been a really great, great, great event. I've had so much fun. Yeah. Technically, I couldn't have won if the event hadn't been put on. So that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, all right. Okay, so, Peach, are you ready? Are you ready for this? 
Oh, we're we not at the end. No, we're not at the end. Yes, I'm re- like I'm hating the movie but enjoying the podcast episode. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so she goes home, feels like a bit dirty. So has a shower. In the shower, checks on her stab wound. And is like, oh yeah, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> Leaves the shower, goes to her brother's room to be like, hey, guess what? I've saved your life. Only to discover that her brother has taken his own life via overdose considering himself a burden and wanting her to live her own life. She realizes that the horrific acts she committed to win the money were all in vain. Overwhelmed with despair, Iris cries for the loss of her brother. She sets the money on fire. Oh, no, 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 she just cries. And the meaningless nature of her victory. That's that's the end. That's just a really weird ending, (laughs) Shag. Like the point is, uh, like the point is, oh okay. I also think that's where, that's to me. This is the limit of feel bad club where it's like, it can't be laboured. You can't just be like, and then she, you thought she got out, but actually she didn't, and now she's dead with like knives in her eyeballs. It's kind of like, oh, you can't. You kind of like you have to you have to let, let us work for the feel bad club ending yeah, a little bit. You've got to earn the bad feelings. Yes, I think that's right. Well, they don't feel bad if they're not deserved. I suppose. Um, I also think you know going back to that point from episode two hundred, there needs to be a net inequality, or you know what was it a net net injustice? And yeah. there needs to be a net injustice in the world. It kind of doesn't work when the world's rules are basically like everything sucks. Like that kind of doesn't work. Yeah, and it's like well, so that means. That in exchange for a stab... So if we assume the brother would have chosen the path he chose, and I know that speaking about issues of this kind ought to be done delicately. So, so if, 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 you know, the event that ended the brother's life was, was an event in the brother's control, and I think we assume... We're forced to assume that that, that event would have happened in any case, I think. Yeah. Because essentially she just out at a dinner party. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, see you later, I'm going to a dinner party. Yeah. Uh, then she just ends up with a stack of cash and a stab wound. Oh, and being deeply traumatized. Yeah. I, I'm sort of str- Perhaps I'm paying the movie too much credit by trying to assemble a moral or something from it. You know what, though? Mm. And, like, I'm not... Like, a lot of this hardship was forced upon her. Yeah, she shot that yeah, dude. Okay. But, like, what choice did she have? She's in, like, she has no... There's no real... There's no way for her to believe that if she hadn't shot the dude, she'd still be able to get out of there. Okay, right? And while I don't like people like abandoning their agency, I think it, when you're deeply upset and deeply committed to, for example, your sibling's care and you've got an oncologist who presumably you trust being like, hey, mm. I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a good strategy yeah. for you yeah, to save your brother's life. You're like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate to do it. I grit my teeth like I, like I hate doing it, but yeah, all right. So, so, so I guess my point is it's like part of me feels like it's not feel bad club because – now that she's had to deal with all these cards, her brother's gone, but she's got this stack of cash. This is this is like setting the stage for a real like glow up moment where she's like, fuck <laughs> it, I'm gonna like take control of my life. I'm gonna go like travel and like, yeah, things suck, but like I did the best. I fought for my family. <laughs> and now I've got how, this money. How Iris got her to groove back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, well, I guess once you work through the trauma and mourn the brother and, yeah. I mean, like, like she tried. Like, she tried. Like, she's yeah. got no, she's got, I mean, yes, there will be trauma from the brother, of course, but part of me is kind of like, 
things are looking okay as well. <laughs> well, in fact, because then we get to the net injustice point of like, well, so let's assume two things. Like we make the assumption we made earlier about the end of the brother's life um, and we make the assumption that, that Jackson McGee would have held the same party in any case regardless of whether or not she attended. And so what we've seen, therefore, is all these people die who would have died anyway and we see her enriched with a stab wound, admittedly, and a sexual assault event. Yeah, okay, well... Do you accept money for your trauma and your sexual assault? Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe this is getting murkier. Yeah, but let's flip you know. this. Let's flip this, okay? Yeah, okay. And, and this, is this I think, is it, right? Yeah. It's not a net injustice because in this film, the bad mm. guy ostensibly is Shepard, but actually the bad guy is capitalism. Capitalism, yep. And she's beaten capitalism by stealing money back from the rich. No, I think she's joined capitalism, Shag. I think maybe this is grimmer than uh, that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Because she's now just taking it like, oh, now I'm a winner in capitalism. So capitalism's fine now. Uh, okay. I think. Uh, okay. Uh, or maybe we're just giving this movie too much credit. <laughs> Is this the movie that's given us the most to think about? <laughs> it's a perfect film. Maybe this is what we'd rather. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?